Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Get your Bibles open. Open your Bibles up to two locations today. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, and James 5, 14. Mark 5, 25, and James 5, 14. Leave that up there for a few minutes while you guys locate those two passages. Uh, I'm continuing with my Tim at 12 series right now called Demolishing Lazy Christianity. I believe in Bible studies, and, and what, I, what I do on Sunday mornings is, is, a, is, a, is a preaching session, but I also believe in the power of studying the Bible together. That's very important, uh, and so that's why I have Tim at 12, and, and uh, the question I want to ask you in order to prepare your heart for this, this Wednesday's Bible study is, have you ever been around a person that they're like a grown adult, but, you're, but they act like a, a, a child, and you just want to tell them, grow up, be mature, right? You just, you, you, you want them to. Well, it's very similar with Christianity as well. Our goal should be to aim toward maturity, because when people do not aim toward maturity, the scriptures tell us this, and I, I've, I've seen this to be the case over and over again. If someone is not continually growing into maturity, they become susceptible to all forms of deception and, and the cultural influences as well. And so I, I'm talking about that because the Bible gives us specific information on how we are to grow into maturity, and I'll be hitting that on Wednesday at noon. Looking forward to that. Well, I have a brand new series I'm starting today called, here it is, it's called Plugging Into the Power Source. And as we have the Holy Spirit Workshop this month, I, I just, I think it's, it's really good to talk about the work, how the Holy Spirit does work. And so I'm doing that on Sundays, and I've entitled this series Plugging Into the Power Source. You see, we serve a God who is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Yet a lot of times, people miss out on His power, the power that can work in us and, and the power that can work through us, the power that can, that can actually that can influence our bodies and our emotions and, and can influence the way that we act and talk, the power that works through us to help other people. And the, the truth is, is that a lot of people, a lot of Christians, they... They ignore and they even like, like uh, they just disregard the power of God. And, and to be honest with you, I don't understand that. I, I, sometimes you go back to your roots and say, I just wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised that way. So honestly, I don't understand it. And, and what I found is a lot of times who, uh, believers who don't engage the power of God, it's because their faith is lacking. Or, uh, or a lot of times people will argue intellectually against the supernatural power of God. And uh, I, I found that some people are just afraid. Uh, they, they've seen something in the media, say, oh, that, that's weird. I don't want to be a part of that. And other people have literally been taught against it. It's, it's kind of interesting because the religious leaders at the time of Jesus Christ, they were preaching against it. They were, because Jesus was going out and doing healings and miracles. And what they said is, ah, what you're doing is of the devil. It's demonic. We don't want to have anything to do with that. Strangely enough, preachers still do that today. I'm not one of them. 
I believe in what the Bible says, and I believe in the Word of God. I believe in the power of God. Uh, so to get this series started, uh, just to let you know that Paul mentioned this, and he, he talked about this in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. I want to read to you this, uh, this old four or five verses here, because this speaks about what things are going to look like at the end of the age, what things are going to look like before Jesus returns. And, and we're going to take a look at this on the screen. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. And as we go through this list, you're going to say, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So this is right here, a pro- this is a prophecy that speaks about what we will see just before Jesus returns. Look at this. Lovers of themselves... Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, (laughs) unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And look at this last part. This is part of the terrible times in the last days. It says, and there will be people who are having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then he says, have nothing to do with these people. Nothing to do with them. Uh, guys, that, those are, that's, that's serious. That's serious. That is a prophetic word that speaks to us today, and there is no doubt that as we went through that list, you say, I see all of that in our culture today. As well as what I'm emphasizing, this thing of denying the power of God. I I, want to challenge you. Do not deny the power of God while carrying on just a, a form of godliness. You see, we serve the God who literally created the universe. He formed man. And that that same God comes to live in us through the Holy Spirit. God has never changed. God didn't get weaker from the time he created the universe. And now he actually, that God who created is in us. That's just crazy. So today, I want to build your faith. I want to build your faith so, so that you can believe for even more of His power. Because when we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into us. But there's also the fullness of the Holy Spirit. There's this overflowing power that I think we should all be operating in. So I want to explain to you how this works, though. And I have a, this imagery right here of a fan behind me. Now, this fan is going to come in really useful today. I'll just tell you in advance, uh, we've, had some, we've had some power issues here downtown over the past few days. And so they've been knocking our, our systems offline. And so, like, we'll just show up and half the thermostats are all knocked offline. And that's not a big deal during the week, but on Sunday morning, it's a big deal. And I pulled up my thermostat app early this morning before it was light. And I'm going, ah, over half the thermostats have been knocked offline. It's going to get steamy in the church today. So if it's a little warm... Just deal with it. Just deal with it. Just, just thank God you weren't living 75 years ago and in church today, right? Yeah, that would, they would be, you'd be stinking. Man, how many of you remember the old days when people used to have to fan themselves in church? I actually remember some of that. Now, if you have to fan today, that's just fine. But, but no whining allowed, absolutely at all. But I conveniently had this, and I had this planned before, we, before I knew it was going to be a little warm in here. So this is going to work to my benefit. But you see, 
not plugging in to the power of God, it's kind of like this wonderful fan. Now, this is my favorite fan from my office. I like that fan. That fan, this fan makes me happy. This fan takes care of my needs. But I can reach behind here, and I can turn it on, but nothing is happening. Now, you might have already looked at the fan. Several of you did. It's like, why is that fan there? Well, others of you said, ooh, that's a very beautiful fan. I like that fan. I think I'll take that home. No, you won't. You'll have to deal with me if you try to take it home. But I, that is a beautiful fan. But a lot of Christians are like this fan. They're looking good. They have the form of godliness, like the form of a fan, but nothing is happening. And I don't want that. Not in my church and not on my watch. You see, I can't make you do anything. Like, I can shake this fan. I can spin this little fan. I might be able to get it to spin for a little bit, but I have to keep pushing it. It's not going to work. Well, that fan needs to be, what needs to happen here is a fan needs to be plugged into the power source. Now, I need somebody who understands power. Uh, uh, Dave, why don't you come up here? You understand. You're, you're a new partner. Get up here. Get up here. This is going to take a whole five seconds for you. Come up here. We've got to give Dave a big hand, all right? Dave, Dave. You know, Dave moved down here from Seattle to, to start a business here, and now he's thinking, man, it sure was a lot cooler up in Seattle, but welcome anyway. Life's rough. All right, welcome to Texas, but since you've been in Texas now, you've learned that there's something nice about circulating air, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, definitely. But you see, right down there below is the problem. It's not connected to the power source. Now, no matter what I do here, this thing ain't going to run. This is a little switch. I know how this works. Plug it in for me. Just kidding. <laughs> just, just, just kidding. Now that it's plugged in, watch this. I flip on the switch, and still nothing happens. Okay, was this not tested prior to the service? This is not part of the way the illustration is supposed to work. Well, well, and then another person comes in and plugs it into another power source, and then, and then it still doesn't work. And see, another, so we're continuing to plug things in, and it still doesn't work. But... In a perfect world, it works. Y'all get out of here. Stop. (laughs) Don't you love it when when your illustration just totally flops? And the thing is, I was actually looking forward to having that fan behind me today. Because my glasses fog up when it gets steamy. And so, like, if I quit halfway through the sermons, because I can't see anymore, so, you know. All right, but, but, uh, but really, this whole thing of plugging in, now I just, oh, how embarrassing. So, but this whole thing of plugging into the power source, people, this is what the Holy Spirit workshop is about. And we do want you, I do want everybody to register. I really want everybody there. Everybody needs to be there. There's no cost for it. You need to be there because this is an atmosphere where you're, we're not going to just, it's not just teaching, but it's experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. This, it's one of our cornerstone events as a church, uh, Saturday, uh, a week from Saturday. But, but uh, I want you to be plugged in. And today, I'm going to encourage you to plug into the power of God to be healed. So the title of today's message, all right, all that preliminary stuff to get to the title of today's message. Today's message is called Healed, one word, Healed. There's a continuous stream of healings that, have, that God actually brought to his people all through the Bible. But probably the greatest, not probably, but for sure, the greatest and the most profound stories of healing we find in the New Testament in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, a significant, a very significant part of the ministry of Jesus was to heal people. Jesus loves his people, 
and he simply did not want them to walk around and deal with disfigurement, with pain, with disease, with sickness, and with affliction. And so he healed them. And he's actually passed that ministry along to the church today because he still heals today through us. My goal for today's sermon is, is really one thing. I want to build up your faith. Now, building up your faith, it comes from hearing the Word of God. It's not just hearing the Word of God, but it's hearing the voice of God, listening to God's voice. So today you're going to hear my voice, but it's actually not that I'm anything special, but God's voice speaks through me. And what God will do is He will customize what I'm saying just for you today. So you might say, well, I don't know if there's anything in this healing message for me today. Yes, there is, because God will customize it. The Word of God is going to customize it for you. And I, I, I just desire that your faith will grow. I really believe that, that some people are going to be healed in this room today. See, faith is the impetus for healing. Without faith, hear me well, there is no supernatural healing. Supernatural healing cannot happen unless there's faith somewhere. So uh, I want you to ask God right now to enlarge your faith. I want you to plug into the power source. Let's pray, God. We'll just pray all across this room. Pray with me, church. Say, God, enlarge my faith. God, I want more faith. God, I, I'm not satisfied with my current level of faith. Just, God, I want more. I want more. Enlarge my faith in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now look at Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 5, verse 25. I'm going to share with you one of the many stories in the New Testament of how Jesus healed. And just reading this story should allow your faith to be massaged. Listen to this, Mark 5, 25. Follow along with me in your Bibles. There was a woman there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. That's called faith right there. You see that? And she didn't have to say, well, let me see if I can find a scripture in the Bible that says you've got to touch someone's clothes. She didn't even do that. She said, I, just, I don't even know how this works, but I, I just, if I can touch him. It's a whole sermon right there. Immediately, immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. Any of you who have dealt with power ministries, you understand you, you'll actually feel that power go through you. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? <laughs> but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Physically ill woman. Doctors couldn't help her anymore. Desperate for healing. But she's not going to give up. And she approached Jesus and touched his clothes with faith. When she touched 
Jesus closed with faith. That was the moment she plugged into the power source and that power flowed out of Jesus into her and she was instantly, miraculously healed supernaturally through the power of God what no other doctor could do. Now that story alone should need to be faithful healing. We could just end right there and start praying for people. But I'm going to go a little further today because I do believe God is, is here to heal people today. And if you came with a, and you're here and you have a need for physical healing in your body, uh, I believe that you can be totally healed when you leave here today. And for others of you, that healing might begin here today and will manifest itself later on. Some of you, kind of like this woman in the story, you've been to doctors and you've, you've seen medical professionals and you've spent so much and exhausted so much of your time and effort in that and it just, it just seemed fruitless. You have hope and then it's fruitless. And, and in your desperation, what I challenge you to do is to reach out to God today, just like she did. Plug into the power source and watch what God can do. And when it comes to healing, I'll be the first one to say, I don't know everything. I can't explain everything. Because some people will say, well, does God heal everyone? Well, I, I can honestly tell you, no, he doesn't heal everyone. And it's like, well, why? Why? Well, three-word answer on that. I don't know. But I know he does. I, I want you to understand this. Even Jesus himself, this is here in the New Testament. Even Jesus himself could not heal some people when he was in Nazareth because of a lack of faith. He could only just do some minor little miracles. So... I don't understand it, but I do know this much. I believe and I have seen and I know and I have experienced the power of God healing supernaturally. And faith is the fundamental key to that. And today we're going to unpack a few things that, I'm that will help assure you of the power of supernatural healing. And th this message has been very, very heavy on my heart. I mean, for the past, I'd say, 24 hours, it's just been weighing on me. Uh, bottom line, <laughs> You know, I, 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 I guess just, I'm a pastor, and I love you, and I don't want to see you uh, walking around in, in, the, in pain or in sickness or in misery. I, I want you to know we serve a God who loves you, and we serve a God who wants to heal you. And, and you just need to say, I'm going to have some faith to believe. And you know if you want it, that faith is God can, God will heal me. And I believe that to be the case. See, healing power is part of the very character of God. That's just who He is. That's part of His identity. Supernatural healing is simply something that naturally flows from Him. It's natural. I mean, He, he said to His people, He said this in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. That was the first time He revealed that part of His character. At that moment, he established a name for himself. I am the Lord who heals you. And, and in the, in the uh, Hebrew language, that is the terminology Jehovah Rapha. God, our healer. That, that's Rapha. That's one of the names of God. Rapha means this. It means to heal, to make whole, to restore, to, to, to mend. And that is the work of God. Now, also it's the work of medical professionals because uh, Hebrew-speaking Jews... They use that term Rapha to speak of a physician or a doctor who's going to bring healing to you. And, and so, so I understand that, but, but, but we've got we to understand that God does use medicine, and I believe that wholeheartedly. I would never say don't use medicine, but God does use medicine. Use it wisely. Use it under supervision. But we also have someone called Jehovah Rapha which is God, the Lord, our healer. Jesus himself was known as the great 
physician, which means the great Rapha. Some of you, you've been struggling with sickness or infirmity, and you've been looking for a word from God on this thing, something to grab hold of. And and I just want to give you that word right now. Here it is. I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha. And he wants to demonstrate that to you today. I've also found through experience as well as through the word of God that healing is associated with worship as well. I talked about the Word of God, I talked about the God, voice of God, but there's also worship. Um, in fact, you know, today, here at the end of our service, we're going to have just a little bit of additional worship. Worship releases and embraces the power of God. Worship changes and shifts the atmosphere so that God can work in all different types of miracles. That's what it does. So what worship is, we're, invite, we're loving God, we're worshiping God, and He just pours His presence down upon us. And that greater measure of presence, I believe, allows for a greater expression of miracles. And I believe that some of you today will experience supernatural divine healing, maybe even when you just simply begin to worship Jesus. Being so, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Jesus, thank you for what you, maybe he's healed you in the past. Reflect on that. Like, Jesus, thank you for healing me of this. Or thank you for how you healed my family. Thank you, God, for how you healed my mother or father or my son or my daughter. Thank you, God. And as you begin to thank God, you're plugging into the power source. The scripture says this. It says, worship the Lord your God. And, (laughs) I like this, it says, I will take away sickness from you. Worship and healing fit together. It plugs you into God's power, and it can be released and demonstrated right here in this room. So so today, in a few minutes, lift your hands, sing God's praise. Your healer, God, your Rapha is here moving today. Healing is also, it's also a benefit. (laughs) It's just simply a benefit of a relationship with God. You know, when you have relationship, there are certain benefits Uh, Well, when you were born again, you experienced the life-changing power of Jesus. He washed your sin away. You received benefits. Just like any other relationship, you get those benefits, and one of the benefits is supernatural healing. I love it because there's this song of praise that's found in Psalm, uh, Psalm 103, verse 2, and it says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And it lists several of them. And one of the benefits is this. It says, Who heals all your diseases heals all your I, I love it it didn't say he heals some of your diseases even that would be awesome uh, he heals some of your yeah I'd be, I'd be all for that right I'd be but no it goes beyond that it says he heals all your diseases I, I looked it up online and one of the sources I found says there are approximately 100,000 human diseases that have been identified that's a lot of diseases and God heals them all I believe that. I've seen it. In fact, healing was provided to us through, we call it the atonement, which is the cross. It's when Jesus died for us on the cross. It's part of the value of communion, why we remember that. So when Jesus gave his life for us on the cross, he w- it was primarily, of course, for the purpose of eternal life, so that guilt and shame and condemnation could be wi- washed away. He removes the curse of sin off of our lives. And, but, but also understand this, the torturing that Jesus faced. The, the, see, there was torture he went through. It wasn't just the immediate execution. 
He went through torture. The torture that Jesus experienced is where we find our access to divine healing through the cross. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, he wrote these words about Jesus. He says, by his scourging, we are healed. In the book of 1 Peter, there's a very similar passage. It says this. It says, by his wounds, <laughs> you have been healed. Hold on for a second. Look at that. Have been healed. Is th th that's past tense. So the healing is already taken care of. You just got to reach out and grab it. It's kind of like at Christmas time. Yeah, I've, I've, this is your gift right here under the tree. But if you don't reach out and grab it as a child, you know, reach out and grab it. Of course, I would sneak and open them when mom and dad were out visiting people in the church and, and then wrap it back up when they came back. That is something I did as a kid. Mom, I know you're watching online. I'm sorry. Me and the brothers, we did that all the time. We knew every gift before every other. It's my, I might as well just come clean. I know my mother's watching online this morning. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we did. But, but, but that, gift is, th that gift is yours, but you haven't received it yet. It's already been given to you. But by his wounds, you have been healed. It's, it's done. It's a done deal. In just a few minutes uh, uh, during our time of worship, I will even open it up to where if you want to go back to the communion table, you go back there and do communion with yourself or your family and, and just take some of the elements. And, and in, in doing that, you're just saying, I, I want to embrace everything that came to me through the cross. By his wounds are healed. We often say that the wafer or the bread refers to the healing power of God. I believe that wholeheartedly. In fact, I know of people who have been healed in my services simply when they took communion. <sighs> do I understand all of this? No, but I know God heals. You don't have to live in your pain. Jesus died. He was, he, was, he was crushed. He was wounded so that he could take upon himself your sicknesses, your diseases, your infirmities, so you can experience healing today. And the truth is, you can leave here absolutely healed. And that's actually what we call good news. The good news is you don't have to stay sick. The good news is you don't have to live with that disease. The good news is you don't have to keep that infirmity. The good news is that affliction does not have to be your identity. And it never should be in the first place. You see, divine healing is actually part of the gospel. You've probably heard the word gospel. It's like, well, what is the gospel? Most people say, well, that's, that's the story of how Jesus came to give you eternal life. Yeah, that's part of it. But the gospel is actually threefold. The gospel says that Jesus saves, he heals, and he delivers. He delivers you from evil spirits. He, del he brings healing to your body, and he rescues your soul for eternity. I love that. Now, along with that, it's not only biblical, but it's my experience where I've seen that supernatural healing may involve the expulsion of evil, evil spirits. Let's talk about that for a second. Some people are afraid to talk about that topic. I'm not because it's all through the Bible. In fact, it was a big part of Jesus' ministry. Some people may not realize it, but your infirmity may actually have a spiritual origin. And in the ministry of Jesus... Uh, a lot of people whose lives were afflicted by sickness <laughs> were also afflicted by these, these evil spirits. And, and they came to him. They wanted to be free. They wanted to be healed of their, of their physical ailments. So they came to him, and Jesus dealt with this. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 through 17, it's up here on the screens for you. It says, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fill, fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. The two are connected. <coughs> it doesn't mean that you're demon-possessed, per se, but there, there can be an affliction that comes to you spiritually. God wants to loosen that and break that. Uh, 
I, I will say with confidence right now, the Lord wants to drive out every evil spirit that may be plaguing your life, and He wants to bring you healing, and through the He wants to bring you healing by removing the powers of darkness that have influenced that. So for me, when I pray for people to be healed, I learned this years ago, I, I will pray for someone to be healed in the name of Jesus. Usually I'll just I'll try to speak the actual type of infirmity or whatever it is. But well, I'll also at the same time pray that the spirit of whatever will be gone as well. And I see, because I don't know. I don't know, I mean, unless God gives me uh, a word of knowledge, I don't know necessarily whether what the source of it is. So I just pray for both. I mean, I'm just going to cover all the bases. I, I, honestly, I'm just a pastor. I just like people to get healed. I, I want God to heal them. So there's also a specific way that people can be healed. Now, now this is important. I want you to hear this because this is something we practice every Sunday in our church. And we haven't yet practiced it in today's service because I want to save it for a little bit later. Some of our elders were trying to come up on the platform and do it. And I said, no, not yet, not yet. Just go, stop, not yet. So if you heard me, if you heard me saying during the worship service, not yet, we're not doing that now. That was me saying, we're going to do this later, all right? They're, they're so anxious to do this because this is actually part of what we do at our church. Uh, look at James 5.14. I told you to, uh, to look that up. See, because healing power can be released through church elders. Now, what are elders? Well, elders are appointed and anointed church leaders. And they, uh, they carry a, a significant burden of the ministry of the local church. And they're in positional authority in the local church, but they also have a spiritual authority in our church as well. That's why it's important, elders know this, that's why it's important that elders uh, live their lives above reproach. Because we don't take our position lightly. Uh, our church elders come to the, to the front sides of the auditorium during worship. We usually explain what's happening at that time. And, and, and we, we do simply what's right here in the Bible. It's very, very simple. But this, you might not understand why we do that, but this is why. It's because we actually believe the Bible around here. And I think that's a good place to start. Well, we don't pick and choose. Well, I like this part. I like that part. I don't know about that. Oh, that's strange. That's, I, no, no. We're, we just do what the Bible says, okay? So, so here's what the Scripture says. Look at this, James 5, 14 and 15. Is any of you sick? He should call on the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise him up. Not might, but will. Hold your place there, because I'm going to come back to this in a second. But I want to show you, because show you, this is actually formulaic, which is, you know, a lot of times you're not going to find formulas in the Word, but this is actually a, a formula of sorts. So a sick person, first of all, what you do is you request the elders to pray for you. They're not going to come to you, but you, it says call on the elders of the church. So that's your responsibility. That's where your faith comes in, all right? Uh, you come to them, and, and you tell them what's wrong. Here's, here's what's wrong. We're going to do this at the end of the service. Just, just tell me what's wrong, and tell the elder what's wrong. And, and, that, and that's why it's important that we are physically present together. That's one of the values of being present in the church together. And I know if you're watching online, you, uh, you probably absolutely cannot be here for whatever reason. Mom, I understand your reasons. But, but if you can't be physically present, I believe God still can work that way. But we should be physically present because this scripture tells us that we need to do this. So you come to them. You tell them what's wrong. You, you be specific. You ask them to pray over you. And, and, and so this, the, the, a, a touch happens. A person will touch you. And it's, it's very simple, you know, just maybe to hold your hands or just to touch your forehead. Very simple. No one's going to slap you upside the face. You know, no one's going to. Are you one of these churches that pushes people down? No, but I, 
I've fallen a few times out here when I've tripped over people. I, I don't know. Uh, that, that's, yeah. So people worry about the strangest things. Like, no, that's just, I, I, I have never, actually in my life, I've been in ministry all my life. I have never seen or know, I've never seen or experienced a person who pushes someone over. So I, people are like all worried about that. It's like, I have, I've done this all my life. I've, I've never seen that happen. Jake, have you ever seen that happen? No, I've, I've never seen it. Maybe, maybe you saw something like that happen. Nothing happened in my church. Never seen it happen around us. You don't, know, don't need to be afraid about it. But you, the, the, or another way is that you call on elders to come to you, maybe your home or the hospital to pray for you. That's part of our ministry. And the second part is you anoint with oil. So the elders will anoint with oil. Now, right here, I actually, I carry a little, this is something you don't know about me, but I carry a little vial of oil with me. Uh, I have some in my office, I have some in my home, I have some in my car, so that in the event I need to pray for someone, I can just simply take a little vial of oil, and this is WD-40 that I squirted in. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just <laughs> seen a few with it. Just, just, just check it, you know. It's not pins oil either, but it's just, it's just olive oil, and, uh, and, and, but you take this oil, and you just simply touch a person. You know, uh, it's not like nobody has to dump it on you. Now, that was in the Old Testament. They would dump it on your head, and it would go all over your body. Now, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> but uh, that's, yeah, that's wild. But, but, but no, it's just, just, a, just anoint with oil, touch with oil. And, and then there's the healing that flows. And so we as elders will do that. If you want to be anointed with oil, you can just say, will you anoint me with oil? And Actually, here's a little secret. You're learning new things about the church all the time. There are little vials of anointing oil on the sides and the elders know where they are and they'll use those to pray for you it's really simple but but understand this is that when they 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 anoint you with oil it's an application of the holy spirit so the oil represents the holy spirit so it's a tangible connection with the holy spirit and i just want to tell you it is powerful the application of the Holy Spirit upon you through the anointing oil is powerful. It's actually powerful. It's one of the ways you plug into the power source as long as the power is working. So, and another thing that they will do is they will pray in the name of Jesus. Now, please understand, when the elder anoints you with oil, he or she is going to pray for you in the name of Jesus for that healing because we know who the healer is. We know that there's the power of God comes from God. It's sickness is cured through the name of Jesus. The elder doesn't heal you. I don't heal you. God heals you through your faith. And if that's so that other person who's praying, that is a conduit of that power. That, that's just another connection to the power of God. And what they are doing is they are praying with the authority that's been given them in the church as well as the authority of Jesus Christ. And, of course, they're full of the Holy Spirit, so they minister to you like that. And, and the, here's the next one. You need to pray in faith. So when you're being prayed for, anointed with oil in the name of the Lord, you pray with faith. That church elder is going to pray with faith, and it's good for you to come up with faith as well. Now, if a church elder has no faith, they don't have any business coming up here praying for anybody. And they, they know that. It's like, don't you be coming up here praying for people? You got, you, you know, you're, you're, you're living in sin. Don't you be coming up here praying for people? We don't, I don't want that. And they know that. They know that. And they're, they're, are you elders, are you just fine with that, that little rule right there? Yeah. And that's actually for your, everybody else's benefit. So that, so that they come with faith and they're, they're ready to be a conduit of the Holy Spirit. And, and they don't doubt. They're not going to doubt that you, that you won't be healed. And I don't want you to doubt either when you come forward for, for prayer. That's plugging into the power source. That's supernatural divine healing. So, again, at City Life, we take this serious. That's why we practice it every single Sunday. So th think about it like this. What if the doctors said, oh, man, you have lung cancer or you have cirrhosis? I mean, truth is, phew, you think there's, there's not much hope. 
there really isn't much hope. Uh, well, not in the natural. That's why we engage the power of God. You call on the elders of the church. You're anointed with oil. The prayer of faith is prayed over you, and you can be healed of any ailment. In a few moments, we're going to have the opportunity to do that, just to be anointed with oil. And, and the elders are going to be up here as well as myself, which I'm a head elder. And the, you know, the, it, 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 works, it works beautifully that way. That's, that's God's design. Now, sometimes I've heard people say, well, if God wants to heal me, he can just go ahead and do that. But they don't make any effort. Now, I want to be explicitly clear with you on this. That is dangerous because what you're saying is, God, I don't really care what the Bible says. If you really wanted to heal me, you would do it on your own. I'm not going to follow any of the things that are here in the scriptures. What kind of a... That's just dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do what the scriptures say and, 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 and plug yourself into the power source and stay plugged in. See, the scriptures also say faith without action is dead. You're just like, well, I have faith. Well, are you taking any action on it? The scriptures tell you how to take action on it if you want to be healed. Well, no, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. If I'm going to have faith, so there's my faith. Good luck with that. I mean, I'm not saying God won't, but I'm just telling you the scriptures don't point to that at all. You have to do something to initiate the miracle. I know, I know I've heard people say, well, I might be emb- I'm embarrassed. If I go up for prayer, somebody's going to think something. And who cares? They're already thinking something about you, you know? Why not let them think that, man, that person is hungry after God. That's a good thing. <laughs> you know, having that, it's, it's like I just don't want to be a prop. I don't want to be a prop Christian. I want to be one that's plugged into the power source. So do faith. Have faith. Do what the scriptures say. All right. Also, receiving healing power may involve the confession of sin. And this is important because you need to come clean of any sin that's in your life. You need to confess it to Jesus so that he'll cleanse you. It frees you up for supernatural healing. Now, I want you to look back at the passage, James 5.14. It says, is any of you sick? Start at the top again. He should call on the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up, okay? Now, this is connected to it. Look, if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's, again, part of the power of us coming together. So in a moment, we're going to pray a prayer of confession of sin in general. If there's things you need to confess to the Lord, I want you to get it out. But also understand this. I'll just tell you this. The Catholics do have this one up on us here with confession. (laughs) is if you need to confess a sin, you should, it is scriptural for your healing to confess that to someone else and to say, you know what, I've, I've had this sin in my life and I want to be free from it. They'll, they'll pray with you for that as well. Confess your sins so that you can be healed. Now understand these people, they understand confidentiality. They're not going to say a thing. It's not about, well, you're not going to believe what Billy Bob said today. He said he's been breaking the speed limit every day, driving 80 on I-35. Man, we should be praying for him. That's why he ain't getting healed. Now, trust me, nobody's going to do that, all right? Nobody's going to do that. Billy Bob, if your name is Billy Bob, that was, that, you know, you own an incredible business up the road. I don't even know what you're doing with your life. But, but let's, I, I want, it's not an incredible business. I mean, it's a grand business, I would say. But understand, 
I want you to have every access to the Holy Spirit possible so that you can receive supernatural healing. That's why I'm teaching you this today. And finally, the last thing I want to say before we just move into a time of worship and prayer, and then we'll be on our way, is this, is that God's healing power is for today. It's not something that mysteriously happened in the past that has faded away. I've heard people preach about this. Well, healing was only for the time when the Bible was written. And then after the Bible was written, then God just quit healing people. Like, what? Where do you get that from? See, a lot of times people preach and teach those things because they've never experienced it on their own. And until they experience it, some of those preachers won't preach that. Well, God help them to experience it. But in the meantime, I've experienced it. I know it. I believe it. I've seen this, and I've lived this all my life. See, before Jesus left this earth, he told his followers, he told them this. He said that he was going to multiply his supernatural power through them. And it was going to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit came on them, this, the, the same spirit that was in Jesus is now in all of them. And they will be able to do the same things Jesus did. Okay, you don't even believe me. Look at John chapter 14, verse 12. It's on the screens. He says, I tell you the truth. In other words, I'm not even lying about this. Not that Jesus ever lied, but he says, I'm not lying about this. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. That means he goes to the Father. He sends the Holy Spirit. And I will do whatever <laughs> you ask in my name so the Son can bring glory to the Father. And then he says it more explicitly. To make it perfectly clear, he says, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. How much more clear can you get than that? Simply ask, and he will do it. Healing is yours today, and I want you to receive it. Right now, what we're going to do is, is I'm, I'm going to ask us, first and foremost, is for us to examine our hearts. For the next 10 minutes, I just want you just to move into an attitude of worship and watch what God does among us. And uh, uh, so, but, but first of all, just examine your own heart. Is there sin in your heart? Is there sin in your life? Something that, that is holding you back from your relationship with God. Maybe you're here today and you're not even a follower of the Lord. Man, you came to the right place. The best healing that anyone will ever experience is the supernatural healing where a person is, is given eternal life. Now that is the best. But let's get this place sin-free right now. Come on, let's just get it, let's just get it sin-free. Just, will you just examine your own self? Scriptures tell us we're supposed to examine ourselves. And if you're here this morning and there's sin in your life or if there's a you're not even serving God and you want to make things change you want to make that change you want to, you want to draw a line in the sand and say no more, I want to serve God if that's you this morning, the count of three you'll just lift your hand for me see because what I'll do is I'll connect my faith with yours you got to take an action, you lift your hand I'll connect my faith with yours and then we're going to pray together before we move into the rest of the service so if that's you, you need Jesus today, you need your sins forgiven. It's count of three, lift your hands for me. One, two, three, lift them up all over this room. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Put your hands down. Now I'd like for you just to pray these words with me out loud. Congregation, I want you to pray them as well. And, and built into this prayer is also a confession of any other sin that's in our lives. Congregation, as you're praying this prayer, you might already be a believer, but, I want, but your prayer will encourage the other people to pray aloud. It's a reaffirmation of your faith, and it's also a way of getting rid of any lingering sin that you have in your own life. So I want you to pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, 
Forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. I receive your spirit into my life. And I pray that you will do great things in me and through me. I turn away from my past and I embrace the future that you have for me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.